and welcome to episode 15 of Oversharing Wearing. I hope you guys are all doing okay. So, here we are, crawling towards the end of the year. And it has been such a year. I mean, it's been a lot. And now we're facing this weird festive period, which is going to be so far from normal and what we've always known. I don't know about you, but I feel like we've had to adapt so much and become so much more resilient for our families and for ourselves. Chuck in everyday life and we're all maxed out from trying to stay strong and not slip through the cracks with our mental health. To be honest, I've never been a hugely Christmassy person anyway. I know I'm quite bubbly and outgoing, but actually, growing up, I'd never really experienced a good, joyful, lovely Christmas. And I know it's not cool to point fingers, but I'm going to anyway. I mean, I had a lovely home growing up and I never wanted for anything. And the same was said for Christmas. But I think it's difficult to put into words that kind of will come a I don't know, it's so hard to talk about this, but basically my dad was so awful at Christmas. It was like a switch went off in him and he had to be just so difficult and rude and confrontational and aggressive. He'd sit in rooms on his own for days on end in the dark with his head in his hands. And I would actually dread Christmas because he would... It was almost like, oh, it's I'm meant to be being great and have a nice time and, and be joyful and fun for my family. But I know I'll just turn around and be the absolute opposite. It's just, a, it was really, really difficult because my brother and I and my mum would just have to tiptoe around him. And I would get even more anxious because of that. And I think, to be fair, most people would. But I, it was almost accepted that this was the norm, this is how he's going to behave. And I think there was a bit of me that kind of wanted to shake him, especially when I was older, and be like, why are you, why are you being like this? You know, what's the problem? But I, I never did, obviously, because I was too scared. But Christmas Day lunch was the worst. I'd sit there barely able to swallow my food. And my dad would always use meal times anyway as a chance to pick on me. So I was even more wary and I'd just sort of sit there and I'd try and just get through the lunch. And then as soon as I could, I'd just go up to my room. I genuinely envy people that get really excited about Christmas. But I think because of my own experiences growing up, I just didn't have that. But... When I had my own kids, their excitement and joy did infuse me. And I loved seeing their little faces at Christmas. And, you know, I we did reset, we re- reset the button, I think, my husband and I, when we had our own children. And actually, even though I would secretly still be quite, I don't know, wary about how the day was going to be, I was... Just I wanted them to have an amazing time. And that's the beauty of having kids. It becomes about them. And even though I was still trying to manage my own stuff, 
it's it's about them and that's what kind of has got me through my past if that makes sense I just don't really particularly like this time of year anyway the dark nights and the lack of contact with the outside world have always made me uneasy I kind of oscillate between struggling with feelings of fight or flight which is when basically your body is completely primed to fight but actually there is nothing to fight so you've got all this adrenaline and running around your body and your heart is beating faster and you're feeling this sense of kind of displacement and genuinely trying to stay calm but it's it's not happening and this time of year is the worst for me anyway and I tend to my mind races a lot and and I'll get words stuck in my head or songs and then I'll find it really hard to concentrate on things and I'll get unwanted thoughts and actually last year I was really starting to work through that and then obviously this year's hit and I think for a lot of people there is going to be a regression with whatever you're you're struggling with there is going to be more of a chance because that we've had so much time to spend in our homes to think about things and to mull over past mistakes or just generally life stuff and I and it's I know that's dark and heavy and it's there has been a lot of light too so I don't want to be like doom and gloom but it's this year would have definitely taken its toll on a lot of people and I think we can only take so much and I I know for myself that I, I am quite a strong person I can cope with it a lot but then suddenly it there's a cut-off point with my mind and I know when that's happened because I start to fear myself I start to worry that I'm not a good person, that I'm capable of bad things and the thoughts start coming in and they rush in and they're so ugly and horrible that they almost have taken my breath away and I had a really bad anxiety attack a few weeks ago and it was so bad that I was shaking from head to foot and sweating and feeling so sick and frightened and actually I've managed it on my own for years but I actually did say to my husband that I'm I'm not okay can we go for a walk and he immediately uh, said okay and we we left the house and actually that the fresh air on my face and uh, distracting myself and going outside worked such a treat and as I kind of took in the houses and people walking, it I felt myself return back to normal. But I, I don't know if any of you have ever had this, but that panic attack particularly scared me because I felt like, am I going to come back from this? Like, there was a point when I really didn't know if I would. And that really, really scared me. And actually, I saw my friend later that day for a walk. And just having that connection with her and chatting and saying god I've had a a difficult day was really really good and I think it's healthy to be able to acknowledge that when it's not healthy is when you keep internalizing it and struggling and in particular I've been following Bryony Gordon who 
is a mental health ambassador and has struggled with alcoholism and kind of addiction to drugs and unwanted thoughts and feeling like she's done horrendous things when she hasn't and actually that addiction was numbing those thoughts and I've just finished reading her book Glorious Rock Bottom and what she realises is that she's a good person that's ill and that's the difference it's not you're a bad person because you're having this thought you must be evil you're not you don't I think when you are in the midst of mental health problems you don't people don't tend to say it's because I've had a lot on and actually it's all been a bit too much and I'm I'm struggling and I, I don't actually feel very well. It's actually really hard to do that. And it's interesting to read her story and, to, and some of it did resonate with me because she doesn't trust herself. And I think that's part of mental health illness. You don't trust yourself. You worry that you're going to lose it and that it's you're not going to come back from that and I think that's when addiction or eating disorders or overeating we're trying to numb ourselves we're we're trying to instill a kind of normality by trying to control what's happening with our thoughts and our behaviors and that's when like we I spoke to my friend Tuesday about OCD can happen you're trying to bring yourself back to a place of normality you know you're struggling you know you're not doing very well and I that's happened for me recently I was kind of like keeping my head above water and then I just started to drown a bit my granny died in October and on the back of that my mum was just so grief-stricken because she died suddenly and my mum had gone over to France to help put her into a new home and because she'd had another fall and then realised that she was terminally ill and my mum came home looking like the shell of a person having seen granny like that and I know my mum's always feared dying and getting older and I think seeing that up close completely just destroyed her if I'm honest and she had two suspected heart attacks and my friends have been brilliant my husband's been brilliant but it was so difficult because I had to go to the hospital on my own I had to deal with everything on my own though and actually that that was good for me and I need to be more like that and I know that in myself but it was just too much with everything else that's gone on this year and I moved in to look after my mum on the first day of lockdown. And my mum's like me, she's a bit of a talker and she likes things a certain way. And and it was really interesting because suddenly I was the parent, I was looking after her, she was the child. And I was a bit uneasy, I, I felt a bit unsettled, plus I was worried about the lockdown. My husband looked after our children and and I, I was there and I... I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. I felt quite trapped. My mum is kind of got to the stage in her life where she wants to talk about the past and point, point in case how my dad was because she didn't challenge him, because she was scared of him. And I, I understand that. I do understand it. But I am also secretly angry and 
wanted her to have the mother instinct kick in and say to him, stop it, don't be like that to Sophie. But she didn't. And I do forgive her and I do understand. But she talked about it a lot when I was there. And combined with the lockdown, it was just... It, it was too much. But I sat there, you know, with trying to reassure her and tell her it was okay. And, and that's a re- that's that in itself, I know it sounds probably sounds very weak and pathetic of me, but it, it took a lot out of me because I wasn't being authentic. I didn't say what I wanted to say. And I she's just been through a really, really tough time. And at one point, I, I didn't know what was going to happen with her health. So I didn't want to turn around and say to her, well, you know, why didn't you, you know, challenge him or help him or it just wasn't the right time. And I don't know if there will be a right time, if I'm honest, to talk about that stuff. And it's interesting now with both my parents, because they know I'm doing this podcast, they know that I get anxious, but they refuse to acknowledge it. And when I said... I've decided that I need to have therapy after this year. I've actually been on a waiting list since February, but I've decided that I I really do need to talk to somebody. And actually, I'm quite proud of myself. I think it's good to acknowledge that and to say, right, OK, it, it's all a bit much. And I'm I'm pleased that I've arrived at that decision rather than trying to carry on and 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 cope. And I told my mum and she was just like, oh, I, you don't need therapy. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't want to acknowledge that. But I, this is a woman who is absolutely loved by lots of people, incredibly amazing person, but she's never really turned around and looked at her own stuff. And now I think she's at a weird time of trying to recognize and acknowledge what's happened in her life and to process it and I know it sounds awful but I don't want to do that I want to do that now I don't want to wait for another 30 years I I need to do this for me for my family for my children they they need that from me I want to be a better version of myself and I I think if I'm really honest for the last year and a half I haven't been the best version of myself which is why I started this podcast I wanted to uh, drill down into working out why my mind works the way it does why I sometimes get stuck so next year is the year of sorting my shit out (laughs) and getting to a better place and being mentally healthy I know I'm better than some people I know you know, I'm not rock bottom, but I don't want to go there again. I, I've done that after I had my son, my fourth child, and and it's a bloody scary place to be. So I'm saying to you, who anybody who's struggling, please reach out to somebody, anybody. that You will be so surprised by how kind and understanding people will be. They might even have had suspected that you were struggling. So just reach out, chat, and it will all be okay. And that's what we've got to think. It's going to be okay. And I know this Christmas is super different and super weird, but there is wine, there is nice cheese, there is our family, and now more than ever, that's what matters. Wine and cheese, not the family. 
ha ha bad joke anyway i am sending you all lots of love i wish you a merry christmas and i cannot wait to start the podcast again in 2021 and do amazing guests and thank you to the three people that have been on my show so far neil tuesday and ian you are amazing Thank you so much. Lots of love, guys. Bye.